This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. All right, Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. And, of course, our great sponsor, Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Uh, Main reason we're here, and I really appreciate those guys supporting us. Isaac is actually the uh, service manager there joining us here at the top of the hour. Isaac, how are you, man? I'm doing good, John. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's always great talking to you, and I'm sure you guys, with all of the weather this week, have had an exciting week. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's always hit or miss, and when the weather changes, it gets pretty crazy. Well, and you know, that's partly why we're going to do this program, you know, one for sort of that, you know, apocalypse, you know, it's the end of the world and all that. But, you know, on the same token, Isaac, there's lots of things folks need to be prepared for, you know, whether it be, you know, weather occurrences, you know, brownouts, blackouts, things along those lines. I mean, we need to be prepared no matter what. And, you know, yes, we we want to be prepared for, you know, those really big things of life, but also the small things. And that's where you guys come into play. There's things today, you know, I wanted to get you guys to, to talk about. One being, and I just mentioned it, this whole power grid thing. We've seen, you know, gas prices this past week shoot up. That's going to affect everything that we touch. It's going to affect us down the road, even, you know, natural gas and some of those things as well. And I know you guys can do all sorts of things inside of someone's home to help them save energy, change things around, be better prepared. I mean, you know, really, Isaac, the list is endless. But, you know, just just to start with, if somebody wants to have you guys out and just get some evaluations of what's going on, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, anyone can reach out to our office and we can get you out usually same-day service, and whether that's electrical or heating and air. Um, obviously, we do generator hookups on the electrical end. Um, on the HVAC side, we have surge protection and a few other things that will help protect your equipment. But honestly, the main thing we're going to push is our maintenance program, our membership, because the goal of that is to be proactive and to get our clients educated on any potential issues that might be coming down the line that they're not uh, familiar with at this point. And for those of you listening, by the way, the special Ready Radio line for Absolute Electrical, 720-310-8921. That's the number to call, as Isaac just said a moment ago. Isaac, I also know that you know you guys on the HVAC side, you can also let folks know you know, where are some of their, I guess you could say, inefficiencies? Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the biggest inefficiencies are going to be lack of maintenance. If people haven't had their equipment checked out, cleaned out is a big one. Um, we get a lot of dirt and dust accumulation on these motors that causes premature failure, causes equipment to overheat or to not work properly. Um, with air conditioners, even if they haven't had that outside condensing unit, rinsed off even just a light rinsing with the hose but we'll get in there and we'll clean it off really nice for you guys as we head into the springtime and then we'll check refrigerant levels and just see anything that's not working the way it's supposed to be and give you solutions to make it work back to its optimal way it was designed when it was put in speaking of refrigerant levels i've sort of heard on the automotive side that freon is likely going up if it hasn't already what are you guys seeing on that end of things Yeah, so in the residential world, you have two types of refrigerant, and R22 Freon is basically, I refer to as liquid gold at this point. It's very hard to get a hold of, and it's going to be completely gone here in the next year or so. 
So a lot of times people are getting forced into a situation where if, you have, if you're low on that, it's incredibly expensive to get it recharged. Okay. So a lot of times it's good to be proactive and get upgraded to the new standard for residential uh, air conditioners. You see any big price swings coming or you know, increases coming once we get into summer that would want, you know, in other words, get people out now. I know it's still a little bit cool and folks maybe aren't even yeah. running the AC, but are they better off calling you now versus, say, May when things really start to heat up? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's basically a month-by-month month thing with our manufacturers, and one month we're all caught up on equipment and what we have in stock, and the next month it's really stinking low again. So the prices ebb and flow, and the availability of this equipment also ebbs and that's flow. What, yeah, yeah, people are thinking about it now's the time. All right. The other thing I know that we're going to talk about in depth as time goes by, but I wanted to touch base with you guys on this today. And again, because you know, Ready Radio, we're talking about being prepared those what ifs of life that come along and one of them is power you know let's face it isaac we live in a day and age now to where we are so reliant on power that you know most folks you know can't live without some form of power whether that's to keep things refrigerated you know there's medicines things along those lines bottom line is we need electricity i also know that you know from talking to eli you guys have the ability to do some things i don't know if i necessarily want to call it off grid but you have the ability to help with that power generation when the power is out from small to, you know, whole house units. Talk about that for a moment. Yeah, yeah. So generators are becoming more and more popular. I'd say, honestly, in the last year, we've gotten more calls to hook up people's uh, generators than we have in a long, long time. So people are definitely getting more mindful of the potential loss of power. We're seeing some of that over in California, obviously. Um, I can send one of my licensed electricians out and we can quote whether it's a homeowner supplied or whether you need our help to track a generator down that's going to be good for your home okay. to help people track that equipment down and we can hook it up for you. I also assume that you can also help with the planning of what they need KW-wise. In other words, you know, everybody's got different needs and everybody thinks they need everything in the house when that situation happens. The reality is no, and I, I'm assuming that you guys can get together and say, okay, what are the real necessities so we can sit down, calculate exactly how big of a generator you need? I'm assuming you guys can help in that area too. Absolutely. Absolutely. The people we send to your house, we're, we're technicians, but we always like to view ourselves here at Absolute More as advisors. So our job is to come out and see the situation that each individual homeowner is dealing with, what their goals are, and help advise you on the best solution to that. So absolutely, we can take care of that. Isaac, what, and I can't hold you to anything because I know this changes from literally almost week to week anymore, lead time on some of the products that we're talking about, small generators, big generators. I know there's a big swing there, but is, are there things readily available or is it something where you put your name on a list and wait? Um, it really depends on the brand of generator is one thing. Um, I usually can get stuff in pretty quick. We have, we have our ways on our end as well. It's usually uh, day of, if it's homeowner supplied and they already have it, if you need us to help you order one, we can usually have it within a week. Okay. And I guess talk to us also about types of fuel. I mean, what do you recommend? I mean, I, I, you know, I, I get that you need to see the, the house, the setup, where's the generator going to be? Of course, these folks listening to me, please, if they're, you know, gas powered, any type, any type of, of a, mm -hmm. um, you know, motor generated, uh, they need to be, you know, someplace outside. But, you know, do you recommend propane, natural gas, regular gas, diesel? You know, what are your thoughts there, Isaac? I think natural gas and propane. Propane is probably the biggest one, but we have a few different ones we can work with. I would say the most we've been seeing as of late are propane powered generators. Okay. Um, and that is something we're going to have outside. But once again, we can still do the electrical hookups from the panel to the generator and everything basically operates outside. 
Um, but propane and natural gas are probably your most common, but we definitely have more solutions than just those two. Okay. Again, folks, their phone number just for you ready radio listeners. And by the way, this is anything you need. Even if you're not doing preparedness stuff and you just need something looked at, whether it be on the HVAC or electrical side, Abs Electrical Heating and Air, 720-310-8921. And by the way, if you forget that number or you're driving and you can't write it down, just go to our website. It's ready radio dot com or ready-radio.com just go there all of their information is listed we're building the website out but their info is there right now as we speak so you can go there click on it and find out exactly how to get a hold of them isaac you know what else anything else i mean what am i missing here when i know we're going to have you guys on more and more as we go through the you know the months ahead but anything else you can think of to help folks get ready yeah i mean just in the sense of ready in regards to heating and air uh, winter is wrapping up here, so the furnaces are going to be shutting down here another month, month and a half, weather dependent, obviously. Right. So anyone who wants to get an idea of what's going on with the air conditioning units, uh, in the next month or so is going to be a really good time to be reaching out. Have us get out there. Let us check your system out. Make sure it's up to good standards and ready to go for the summertime. Yeah. Even on a small-scale level, loss of cool air in the summertime is never fun. No. Awesome. Isaac, as always, appreciate you guys very, very much. I, I mean, don't know what I do without you guys. Honestly, you're the biggest reason we're here, even doing this program for this hour. I'm very, very thankful for you guys. You do great service. You've been out to my place. I've got not, I got nothing bad to say. You've done many, many things for even some of my other family members, and I appreciate it very much, sir. That's what we like to hear. I appreciate your time, John. You're very welcome, Isaac. You guys take care. Again, that is Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. And again, if you miss any of that and you want to know how to get a hold of them directly, just go to ready-radio.com. It's that easy. And and, and again, if you forget, you can always go to klzradio.com and find them there as well. All right, I said last week, that was our first show, by the way, of this particular uh, genre. I said last week, this week we would talk about bug out bags. And some of you are going to say, okay, what's a bug out bag? A bug out bag is one of those items. It's a bag. Literally, you can do it as, you know, a bag, a suitcase, you know, really whatever you want to do to collectively put some of the items or the items that we're going to talk about in the rest of today's program into a bag. In other words, something that you can easily pick up Throw right into the back of your car, your truck, your SUV, whatever you've got that you're you know, able to get around in. And the reason for this is, let's say all of a sudden there you live in an area and there's a tornado coming. Or there's a flood headed your way. Or any other type of natural disaster occurs and you're no longer going to be able to stay where you are. An invasion of sorts. The zombie apocalypse. Whatever. You now need to bug out. That's where the term bug out bag comes from. So all of a sudden, you've got to get out of Dodge. What is it you're going to take with you? And no, it doesn't include the kitchen sink. Now, I know a lot of individuals that have sort of some mini bug out bags already in certain vehicles that you may own. That's fine. I'm one of those where I've got pretty much every vehicle I own with certain things already in it ready to go. I mean, my trucks, I should say, my, you know, performance cars and such, no, because that's not what I would hop in to go head up to, you know, wherever, hills, whatever, anyways. But the SUV truck side of the fence, yes, I have sort of a, call it a mini bug out bag in those vehicles already. But this is more extensive than that. 
I mean, we're not talking about throwing, you know, just a set of gloves and a toe strap and maybe some water and an energy bar. No, we're talking about what would you need to survive potentially a month or more? What are you going to take with you? We talked last week briefly about the the survival rule of threes. Those are air. You can only survive without air for three minutes. Shelter, you need at least three hours, or you can only survive three hours without some sort of shelter in a harsh environment. Water, you can only survive without water for three days. And then food. You can go three weeks without food, but I'll tell you what, that's miserable, and most people are not going to want to do that. So, again, you're going to want to put some things inside of your bug-out bag to handle any of these situations. And I get this question since I started this program. I've gotten this a little bit lately. What are we trying to accomplish here? You know, John, do you think the end of the world is coming? Guys, any more? I don't know. I wish I had a better answer for you. You know, one of the, one of these weeks on, you know, either Rush to Reason or even NCR, we may get into, you know, are we in the end times, quote unquote. You hear that a lot, by the way, lately. What I'm going to say is I think we've been in them for quite some time now. Are we in them exactly according to Scripture? I don't believe so personally, no. Some of you may have a different opinion on that, but I'm not one that believes that. Are we getting closer? Well, of course we are. I'm getting closer to dying every day. So are all of you. So yes, we're getting closer every day. If you look at the world events and the things that are going on around us, do I think we need to be more prepared today than we've ever been? Yes. And I'm not saying that just because, you know, I'm older and I have grandkids now and you look at life a little differently than you did when you were, you know, 25 or 30 years of age. Uh, That's not why I'm saying it. I would be saying it even back then if the times then were like they are now. And granted, I will, I will say that as a country, we go through these ebbs and flows. As a world, we've go, gone through some of these ebbs and flows. Although I can tell you in my lifetime, I think Charlie would agree with me on this. He's my engineer today, by the way. I think he would agree. Given what we've just gone through with the coronavirus, what we now have going on in Russia and Ukraine— the uncertainty of the economy, the fact that you know fuel prices don't seem to know what they're going to do week after week because we frankly have an administration that doesn't know what it's doing. Actually, I think it does. That's for rush to reason, by the way, later. Um, I think they very much know what they're doing. But, but given all of what we're going through, should we all be prepared for the what-ifs of life? And that's what this program really is designed to do. It's designed to keep you ready so I were calling it Ready Radio. By the way, Charlie came up with that name, which I'm very thankful for. But Ready Radio, being ready for the what-ifs of life. Doesn't matter what it is. Could be something temporary. Could be something permanent. Could be wildfires, floods, tornadoes, snowstorms. You know, larger than that, natural disasters. EMPs, EMPs that are man-made, EMPs that come from the sun. EMP being electromagnetic pulse, things that knock out electronics. We talked about that some last week. 
Uh, by the way, lines are open. I should have mentioned that earlier. If you want to call in and chime in on this, what do you put in your bug out bag? Do you have a bug out bag? 303 477 5600. Each each one's going to have different ideas on what you need. And by the way, collectively, I think we can come up with pretty good ideas of things that each one needs to have. I think there's some basics, by the way. Here's the eight categories. I found a really good website. We'll put this up on the web on our website. Producer Ann will do this a little later. But there's eight categories that I'll try to cover today. If I don't get it all done today, I'll do it again next week. Clothing, defense, heat and warmth, lighting, first aid, navigation tools, multi-purpose tools, and then, of course, miscellaneous things that you may think you need. Now, one thing that's not on here, and I'm going to add it as we speak, is I do think bug out bags should have some sort of food and nourishment. And no, that's not first aid. That's completely different. I do think even in a bug out bag, you should have something that would sustain you for, you know, several days. And, and again, as I talked earlier, you can go up to three weeks without food, but nobody wants to do that. And your mind doesn't think right when you start getting, you know, hungry, you get hangry, lots of things happen. You, you, even a protein bar really takes some of that edge off. Uh, we've got, you know, I, I interview on the other program on Rush to Reason all the time, a company called Lono Life. They have a, a uh, bone broth product that comes in little packets. And by the way, for what we're talking about here, it's great. It's protein. It's packed high in protein, by the way. It's a great picker-upper. You may think, oh, that's awful. Actually, folks, think of ramen noodles. This is the taste of it. Think of ramen noodles without the ramen. That's essentially exactly how it tastes, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that. You can take this stuff, throw a few little veggies in it or some noodles if you'd like, by the way. You could even combine it with ramen noodle. In fact, the way I would do it is don't put the, don't put the packet of ramen noodles in with the ramen noodles, put the Lono Life instead, and you'd have a very nutritious meal when you're done. And honestly, you could pack that anywhere because it's all dry. And you don't have to go out and spend a wad of money on freeze-dried food. And I know there's lots of companies out there that sell it, and I'm not knocking that. In fact, if we end up with some sponsors along those lines, I'll take them. We're going to take a quick break, though, real quick. I know we got calls coming in. We'll get into this more here in just a moment. You heard from Absolute Electrical Heating and Air a few minutes ago. Isaac joined us. On top of that, we have Colorado Greenhouse Builders. And, folks, I will tell you right now that if you're looking to grow your own food, these are the folks to go to. Jason and Annette, 35-plus years of construction management experience. They've built multimillion-dollar greenhouses all over the country. They specialize in doing this in South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Wyoming, Oklahoma, and, of course, here in Colorado. It comes with a three-year workmanship warranty on all of their cedar greenhouses, and this is the place to go. Again, they are listed on our website as well. It's ready-radio.com, or you can call direct 720-539-9806. Again, 720-539-9806.
You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all. You can trust the original Novus Pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to our website, drive-radio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass, a proud sponsor of Drive Radio. There are many sounds in your daily life, ones that make you smile. Ones that help you relax. And there are some sounds that can help save lives. Wireless emergency alerts. Now on many mobile devices, use a unique sound and vibration to bring you critical information about emergencies in your area. With updates from local sources you know and trust, you can be in the know wherever you are. Learn more at ready.gov alerts. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. All right, we are back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Walt joining us now. Walt, welcome. How are you? John, the man, the myth, the legend. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, thank you. Hey, um, I really appreciate everything that you guys are doing along with Crawford Crawford family. Hey, one of the things that really um, brought myself to your attention was the navigational stuff. Okay. You're around my age, around 57, 58 years old. Yes, yes, correct. How many people know how to read up? Very few. You bring up a really great point, Walt. It's something that, you know, we almost need to have, you know, refresher courses, classes, whatever. I mean, here's the other thing, Walt. How many folks have a decent sense of direction? They don't. I know. I mean, I mean, you're in your car and it's like, which way is west? Right. The mountain. Right. The mountain. Always. I mean, the nighttime, obviously, it's a little bit tougher. It is, although I'm I'm fortunate I, I will be honest i'm fortunate i have a good sense of direction i you know when i even yeah. even in a place i've never yeah. been into before once i figure out where north south east west is you know pretty well got a down pat don't need That's mountains right. here it's really easy but to your point walt when it's when it's cloudy foggy you can't see them it can nope. be a real struggle for some people so here's the next question for you walt how many people can read a compass <laughs> very few i was in the boy scouts i made it to life and you're a gen, you're you're a native just like me. Yes. And we know everything about Colorado. We know the eastern slope, the western slope. Yep. We know everything yep. about it. And I'm grateful for that. Me you too. Know? Yeah, very few. And it's it's like my son. I'm teaching my son. He's 19 years old. He's never read a, a, a map book before. It's like all you have to do is just go to the back of the page, look at the numbers, line up the numbers with the pages that are on, and it's just right. top to side. That's all you have to do. It's and then you look at the grid. Learn how the grid system works. Right. They're in squares. Look at the squares. And as simple as pie. And, you know, when I was in sales, and, and we did residential sales real quick. I don't want to mock No, no, you're fine. Go ahead. Keep going, Walt. You're good. This is fun. So when, we, when I was in sales and we did residential sales, we went to the map book and we printed out the grid of zones that we were in. We didn't have GPS. Right. Like right. In 1992. Yep. 1980, 1992, 1997. 
they wasn't even existed. Now they had the the, the Garmin. Yes, the, and they were junk, by the way. They were awful. I still have an old one I dig out every now and again, and I look at that little bitty screen, and I'm like, how did we ever find anything? Give me a map instead of this bloody thing. You're absolutely right. But I just thought I'd bring that up, and I thought, you know. Well, I want to add one more thing to what you just said, Walt, because this is another thing that we need to teach you know, young people, and, and I'm, I'm looking in the mirror when I say this because I need to do the same thing. How many can read a topo map? That's right. I can. I can. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. But well, how, many, how many know what the little lines mean? Very few. Very few. That's the elevation. Yes. Yes. That's the elevation. And, and you know what, Walt, people always ask, too, you know, John, why, you know, like you, Walt, I'm a native, you know, why are you guys still here? Well, you know, it's to your point a moment ago, Walt, it, it's familiar. I know the land. I know the state. I know pretty much almost every, you know, square inch of the state. I've hunted and fished all over the state. I mean, you, right. you pretty much could drop me, not bragging, but, you know, you're the same way. You could pretty much drop us anywhere in the state, and I'll find civilization even without a map. But you know what it is, John? People don't even know what landmarks are. I know. I know. I mean, I, I can look up here at the mountain range, Walt, and pretty much tell you where we're at. <laughs> it's just it's hysterical. It really is. But it's sad, too, at the same time. It really is. Well, and to your point now, in what you just mentioned, by the way, which is not on this list, and this is where I'm glad we've got, you know, caller feedback, because there's nothing on this list I'm reading to you guys that actually talk about having a... You know, they say a map of the area. Well, I'm going to go a little farther than that. You need more of a map than just the map of the area because a map of just your limited area isn't going to be enough, Walt. I agree. I agree. You need more than that. So this is, Walt, I I appreciate it. Thanks for calling, man. I really appreciate it, sir. Great. Thank you, my friend. Great stuff. Thank you very much. I, I don't know that I've ever talked to Walt before, Charlie. So, Walt, thank you very much for calling in. And, and again, those of you out there, you want to add anything to what we're talking about today, what would be in your bug-out bag? Or what are the things that we've kind of, you know, with all of the modern technology that we have right now, what are we missing? What, you know, what do we need to revisit and make sure that we're covering and also adding into that bug-out bag? 303 477 5600. You can also text us. The text line is the same. Every one of my shows, all the same. 307 200 8222. So 307 200 8222. So, real quick, let's get back to that navigational end of things. So, I think a larger map than just the map of the area. Now, I will say that the area that you're either in or planning to go to, if you do not know the area, having a topo map, which anymore, they're relatively easy to get. Used to be, I can remember they were expensive. You'd have to go down to one of the, you know, hiking survival type shops and, uh, you know, Boulder Army Store used to have these up in Boulder and you'd go in there and you'd go look for the topo map that you needed or you'd go to the Forest Service. Sometimes they'd have them, sometimes they didn't. Sometimes you'd have to order them. But you'd go find the topo map that you wanted and you had to buy it. And for those of us that were pretty much into a particular area hunting-wise, you'd then go, you know, put that thing onto a nice piece of hardboard or cardboard or something and you'd hang it and you'd study it and look at it and you'd map it all out and you'd know exactly what you are going to do from season to season. And typically you'd have two or three of those because typically one of those would get folded up and stuck in your backpack. So when you're up hunting, you actually had that topo map with you. Now, I will say that with the advent of technology, 
you can do the topo maps and print them out yourself much, much easier than we've ever had before. So the need to go find that store, which I'm not even sure. Charlie, are there still stores that even sell maps that you know of? I, I haven't seen an actual you know, map map at a store in quite some time. So you do, though, now have the ability. Most everybody's got, you know, color printers. And, and, you know, this is something that the, you know, FedEx, Kinko's, I don't think, does Kinko's still exist, Charlie? I'm, I'm really outdated. No, it's FedEx now, I believe. Didn't they buy, didn't they take over Kinko's? I think FedEx did. Anyways, go to one of the bigger stores that prints. Even some of you that have print shops. In fact, if you have a print shop and you'd like me to talk about some of this stuff on your behalf, let me know. I'll give you a free plug on this because most people don't know where to go to even get something larger than you know an eight and a half by eleven or even a legal size paper printed. But there are companies out there that will do that. You can send them a file and they'll print it and make it really, really nice. One thing I will say that one of the complaints that I've got on most printers is unless you've got a really nice, expensive printer, you start getting into some of this finer, small detail, it doesn't print as well. That you know, topo, topo map-wise of what we're talking about, it's not as great. Keep this in mind as well. While you might be able to put all of that onto your smartphone, your GPS on that smartphone may or may not work depending upon what kind of an actual disaster we would have. In other words, an EMP, those things may or may not work. Now, could you keep a spare phone with some of these items downloaded on it in a Faraday box where if you needed it, you go grab it and you would have it electronically? Yes, you actually could do that. In fact, one of my suggestions would be if you've got the ability... Rather than, you know, we were, Walt and I were making fun of the old, you know, Garmin's and such, and I'm not against Garmin, but those early GPS units were really, really rough. You could buy a leftover whatever, or even keep an old phone that you would normally be, you know, you know giving away, disposing of, or what have you, and you could put items on that. And again, this is something you have to think through ahead of time because if you just got a phone stuck in a drawer and we get some sort of an EMP, it's not going to work. It would need to be in some sort of a, you know, a Faraday box. If you don't know what that is, go look it up. That's one of those things where probably, you know, I'll make a note now, that is probably something that we should cover uh, in one of our shows. And I'll do that. I just, th- I just thought of that. We'll stick it in there. Now, breaking down... That bug out bag checklist I went through a few minutes ago. The different categories. I'll finish up with the navigation tools. And by the way, there's a nice checklist I found online that we will put on uh, our website, ready radio, ready radio.com. I'll have Ann put that up later. A map we talked about, compass. Yes, folks. And again, if you've relied on the compass on your phone, In the event of an EMP, solar or man-made, isn't going to work most likely. A regular compass will. And again, there are really good compasses and there's some really poor compasses. Get a good compass. And if you've never learned how to use a compass, go find a nice, nice, you know, self-help, you know, how-to video. I guess some, I keep making notes here. I guess that's something even that, 
folks like me could even put videos together and put up on our website. Charlie, I just need more hours in the day to get all this stuff done. That's all. Somebody needs to figure out a way to get me more time. But if you don't know how to use a compass, figure it out. It's not hard. It shows you true north for a reason. Or not true north, magnetic north. But you navigate off of that. On my list, it says GPS tracking system. I, again, if it were me, the only way I would rely on that is, you know, in the event of an EMP would be you'd have to have one in a Faraday box. You could include, a, you know, an older GPS system, your own phone, what have you, you know, in your bug out bag if you'd like. Keep in mind this bug out bag will need checked periodically, but you're going to just sort of stick this thing away in a corner and probably not go through it that often other than things that need to be replenished. All right, I'm going to go back up to the beginning. One thing that's on this list, which I find interesting, is an air filtration mask. Not a bad idea, by the way. Now, I'm not talking the masks that we've just gone through with COVID where, you know, it's a face diaper. No, actual, real, some sort of a, you know, N95, you know, N99 even air filtration mask. Something that if you were in a rough situation air-wise, you've got the ability to filter the majority of that nasty stuff out. Dave and Thornton, you're up, sir. Hey, I just had a Yes. Uh, I read on it a couple times. They're pretty easy to construct them yourself. Yes. A metal trash can that you put stuff into. What I was wondering is, with newer vehicles, obviously an EMP or a solar flare would would fry out the the computer or the electronics. Yeah, you know, and and we talked about that a little bit last week with a caller, Dave. and, And I think, you know, personally for me, I think there will be some things on a, uh, vehicle that will survive, although I think there's some other things that will not. And what I mean by that is there are, on today's newer vehicles, there are some modules that literally, Dave, are in a cheap little plastic box that you'd look at that and think, there's a module in that, and yeah, that's actually, a, in some cases, a you know body control module. Most of the electronic control modules that are handling you know the engine and transmission and such are now built in a pretty solid you know, either aluminum or, uh, you know, some sort of a, you know, metal type, you know, case. Uh, and, and I think in those cases, those would probably survive, although although I don't know. I mean, I mean there, there have been tests done about, I don't know, some, I think the last test was done back in 2012. And a lot of the vehicles in 2012 actually ran after an EMP was, you know, was tested on those particular vehicles. Keep in mind, though, since 2012 to today, in 10 years, we have got a lot more electronics on a vehicle than we did 10 years ago. Yeah, correct. So I was just wondering, just out of curiosity, if you were parking your vehicle in, let's say, a metal pole barn or one of those old Quonset huts, would that be enough to shield it? That's a great question. I have, I have wondered that myself, and Dave, I have looked and I cannot get a good answer on that. I don't know, sir. All right. What if you were just to take a bunch of two-by-fours and then on that frame stretch out some chicken wire or something like that and then use that over your vehicle? You need something to disperse that magnetic field, that pulse that's going to wipe out the electronics. And, again, this is not... You know, this is not one of those areas that I will tell you I'm an expert in. Most of the le- of the Faraday boxes I've ever looked up have been some sort of a lead-lined, you know, very protective. So I, I, I don't know on that metal building and even the chicken wire if that does enough. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. And, and by the way, if you, Dave, or anybody else listening 
finds out or you can add anything into this, I, I'm all ears because, honestly, I would, I would like to know because my, my, here's my fear, Dave. I think it's one of those areas where I, I'm not sure they fully, fully know to the extent of what you just asked a moment ago, what does and doesn't protect. Thankfully, we've not had to run into Yeah, yeah but, out. you know, here's the, here's the bad thing. Since we haven't, do we know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's, it's one of those things you could do all the preparation, but if you can't bug out and suddenly now you're on foot, now that changes the whole calculus of your plan. Yeah, you know what? It really, and it changes even the, to your point, changes the calculus of the bag itself because, you know, you're, it's only so much you can carry yourself even. Exactly. I mean, that, that's what we all plan on, you know, throwing extra tools, an axe, a shovel, some hammers, whatever you think you might need to, to get out and, and help yourself survive until things calm back down, well, you're not going to want to carry that on your back or put it on your children's back. Correct. Or drunk your car, you know, the back of your truck or something like that. So what, what I did look up, and uh, this kind of goes along the lines of what you were talking about with, uh, you know, with the, the chicken wire and such, a Faraday cage can be made of any material that can conduct electricity this would be wire mesh metallic shields coils of wire and so on they can be any shape box sphere cylinder and any size from extremely small to extremely large something as simple as an aluminum foil can can provide the you know the you know for example the inside of a microwave actually is a good faraday box by the way as well dave you know an old microwave if you want to stick that out you know in a shelf in the garage to put some of these you know electronics i was mentioning earlier actually would work fine there's no issues with doing something like that because it would work very well I, what I want to know is on, it says, doesn't matter the size, you know, or does it? You, know, you start talking about a pole barn. Well, now we've got gaps and holes and windows and things like that. How does all of that work in that particular situation? And I don't know. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I was even thinking, you know, there's driving around the country seeing those old quantum. Oh, those are awesome. Yes. Yes. Would they work? I don't know, sir. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, it's pretty much a metal all the way around other than. Floor. I mean, you, you would think they would. You know, I've got a metal pole barn. I mean, I would think my metal pole barn would keep a lot of things out. But again, I also have, you know, windows. And, you know, it's not 100% airtight, as you know. It's a pole barn, Dave. I mean, you know, there, there's openings and such. I mean, if you sealed everything up completely, would it? I, I don't know. I don't have that answer. I wish I did. Yeah. Well, good show. I mean, I look forward to this new program. We'll find out more. I know that much, Dave. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And by the way, any of you that have any information on that, books, resources, things you'd like to share, send it my way. Again, you can go right to the contact page, ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. As you guys heard earlier, Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, one of our great sponsors of not only this show but all of my programs. Uh, They will help you with whatever needs you have when it comes to not only HVAC, but even some of this electrical stuff we're talking about right now. In other words, what do you have as backup generation in your home currently? And if you don't know, then find out. And they would, again, they would love to help you with that. It's really easy. There is a special ready radio phone number just for Absolute Electrical. It's 720-310-8921. 720-310-8921. Again, any more information you want on them, just go to our website, ready-radio.com. Up next, we do have our great greenhouse company, Colorado Greenhouse Builders, uh, Annette and Jason. Great people, by the way. In fact, they're going to be at an event tomorrow. 
uh, out in Elbert County. There's a great political event going on out there that uh, we'll, we'll make mention of a little bit later in Rush to Reason as well. But they'll build you a turnkey greenhouse, literally everything you want or as little as you want. If you just want the shell built and you'll handle all the insides, they'll handle that. Or if you need everything done turnkey where you actually just go out and start watering the plants, they'll do all of that for you as well. And they are one of the few companies out there that specializes in geothermal heating of that greenhouse. They utilize the sun's light to uh, heat and create amazing year-round growing opportunities, even here in our cold weather in Colorado. So even when it was 10 below here not that long ago, the coldest their greenhouses got was about 38 degrees, so well above what it needs to be to keep things growing. Again, it's Colorado Greenhouse Builders. Find them at ready-radio.com or call 720-539-9806. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all. You can trust the original Novus Pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to our website, drive-radio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass, a proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Most days go by without a whole lot of surprises. But what if a disaster strikes without warning? What if life as you know it has completely turned on its head? Would you be prepared? Before a disaster turns your family's world upside down, be ready. Get a kit. Make a plan. Be informed. Learn how at www.ready.gov. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Ad Council. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today, by the way. I appreciate it very much. Lines are open. Our engineer, Charlie Grimes, answering the phone, 303-477-5600. And yes, any of you that get any kind of information that you would like us to either, you know, share online or you'd like me to share on the program itself, you know, feel free. All you have to do is let me know. Go to ready-radio.com. And, uh, you know, I'll get that stuff up not only on the website, but we'll share it here on the broadcast as well. And again, this even includes things you'd like us to talk about in the future. If there's a topic that's either, you know, near and dear or you've never heard anybody discuss it, you'd like to know more about it. If there's folks you'd like us to interview, maybe you're someone that you would like me to interview. You've got a product that you think would work well for us. Please let me know. We'll get you right on air. 303-477-5600 is our phone number. And again, you can send me messages through the text line as well on any of these topics. 307-200-8222. Jennifer, you're next. Hi, John. Uh, Let me clear up a little confusion about electromagnetic pulse and uh, uh, shielding. Sure. As... If you look at the word electromagnetic pulse, 
it's magnetic. So it induces its, elect, uh, its field on things that are ferric, that are metal, right. uh, i.e. magnetic. If a magnet doesn't stick to it, it's not going to block the electromagnetic pulse. Okay. That's why it's so effective is because when the electromagnetic pulse hits it, it dissipates it through the surface of the material. And Makes it doesn't sense. Really matter. Doesn't really matter how thick the material is. I mean, it can just be a mesh, such as the mesh on the front of your um, microwave oven. Okay. On the glass. Okay. But it has to be. So it doesn't have to, to be that. solid as long as it will disperse that magnetic wave. Is that what you're saying, Jennifer? Exactly. Okay. Uh, specifically, like. Uh, some people think aluminum foil. Aluminum foil is totally ineffective against a magnet. magnet because a magnet doesn't stick to it. That's that's right. It won't dissipate that. It goes right through it. It okay. has a property called reluctance, but that's a different story. Same is true with copper or anything else. It has to be a ferric bed uh, based metal. Okay. Now the gold standard of metal to be used for this kind of shielding is something called new metal. It's a particular type of stainless steel. It's, like I say, the gold standard. Okay. But any kind of a metal box that is made out of a... Because, because metal, real quick, I'm going to back be up, because normally stainless steel is not magnetic. Right. Um, different, different types of stainless steel are magnetic. Okay, all right. In the case... In the case of new metal, it just happens to be incredibly effective against the... Uh, okay, I didn't know that. In fact, I will look that up. I've never even heard that term. Okay, uh, one other term uh, thing that I, I've always, when people have asked me about electromagnetic uh, pulses and basically preparing your automobile for them, I've suggested that they have, buy two items if they have an older car. If you've got computers, this won't help you. Um, one is replacement diodes for your alternator. Right. And Which, by the way, on a newer it. car, good luck, because some of those aren't even serviceable. So that goes back to your point on the older vehicle, because that's the only ones you can service anyways. Yeah, and a new voltage regulator. Yes. Actually, you know what? And for an older vehicle, Jennifer, most of them are cheap enough now. The best thing to do would be just to buy a complete alternator and put it in a box like you're talking about and just have that set aside or you can just put a new one on when when the time came. Yeah, uh, put it in a metal box. Because really, you could buy one of those as cheap as you're going to buy the two parts you just talked about. Right, right. And And if you have a really ancient car, such as one that runs off a generator... Uh, don't worry about it. Yeah, you don't need anything, do you? No. Generator is will be completely... Well, you know, and I've, all, I've always also thought, Jennifer, that, you know, like, let's take a, an early, you know, General Motors, you know, car with an HEI ignition, which, you know, for all intensive purposes, you could put a, you know, keep a module, you know, keep because they're very, very small. You could keep a module in a Faraday box, another alternator. The GM alternators are very easy to replace. And on that vehicle, if you had those two parts, you'd probably be up and running pretty quickly. I would suspect so. Because you really don't have anything else on that vehicle that's going to keep it from not running. Exactly. Yeah, and I anyway, agree with you. Uh, 
Anyway, I thought I would. Uh, no, I, I appreciate that. So, you know, and again, because I know the verdict is, you know, we had somebody call last week, great caller, by the way, and he had some information where, you know, the, 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 you know, the military did a study on this with vehicles, and what they found was about 80% of the vehicles at that time, this was back in 2012, about 80% of the vehicles went ahead, fired up, and ran. And I'm guessing some of that's due to some of what you're talking about. Some vehicles, especially back then, were built out of such metals and even where the computer was located and so on, probably did fine with dispersing that. But we've, I would be shocked if a later model vehicle of today's vintage did. Yeah, uh, metal bodies are wonderful for stopping that. Um, and there again, you might want to also, if you knew something like that was going to happen, you, you might want to like drop a ground wire from the vehicle to the ground. Okay. Just to be able to siphon off that metal, uh, that pulse into the ground. Makes sense. Makes sense. Anyway. And, and again, these are all here. things, and, and Jennifer, correct me if I'm wrong, but again, these are things where we know a lot, but since we've never been through one of these, we don't know exactly how this would play out with each and every device, right? Exactly. Yeah. And you don't know how close you are going to be to the pulse. True. And you don't know what the angle of the pulse is going to be uh, so that there, in the case of uh, an automobile, the metal may block certain components if it's in one angle, but if it's yeah. coming through the window, it, you're fried. Good point. Great. There's great information. Anyway. No, and Jennifer, any information you have on this at all, please send my way. We'll keep talking about it. These are things we need to get out and discuss and get people pre- get people prepared for. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it very much, Jennifer. Again, line's open, 303-477-5600. All right, number two. We're not going to get through this full list. I'll have, to, I'll have to cover this more again next week. Great calls, by the way. I appreciate each and every one of you that do and the things that you're adding. It's very, very valuable, not just to me, but everybody else that's listening. Uh, these are things, again, where... How should I say this? It's not an exact science. It, it just Jennifer said a moment ago, it's an exact science in how we can protect it on the front side, knowing what's coming, but it's not an exact science because we've never been through one to really know what's affected and not affected. Let's get back, though, to our list of what should be in a bug-out bag. Now, these two have asterisks next to them because... These would be tough to just put in a bag because this is more of, of you know, camping-type gear where you'd have to throw it in the back of the car or the truck. That would be a tent. Space blankets, easy. I, by the way, that's one of the items I keep in my car at all times. Space blankets are easy. Keep a couple of them in the glove box. They're easy. They work great for all sorts of things, not just keeping you warm, by the way. So that's something that I – and they are cheap, cheap, cheap. You can buy a space blanket for a buck or less now. This has a sleeping bag also on it. Not a bad idea if you've got something that you can get, you know, compact enough to where, again, you know, we're, we're talking about something that you could quickly, as long as your car is still running, quickly throw in the car and leave. We're not taking the whole house with us. Yes, a sleeping bag would be nice. Keep in mind clothing, and this isn't even on the list, but clothing and having the right things either that you could slip into quickly or have in that bag would be great. And, and something that we have to think about in Colorado is, you know, we have all seasons all year at any point in time. Even in the middle of 
you know, July, when it's hot, you could go up to the mountains and get snowed on. So it's important to have all of what you would need for all of our seasons with you if you're, again, going to go bug out. Water. We talked about this a little bit last week, but any kind of a, you know, canteen, uh, you know, bottled water, filtration system. There's a lot of great filtration systems out there that work great. Just know their capacity and have extra filters in your bug out bag. So if you get to a point where there is no good solid drinking water, you have that ability to still have water. Again, three days. Three days is the max you can go without water. On this particular list, there is rations. And by the way, this kit has a great idea, and I, I, I second this one, a fishing kit. Any kind of a fish, you know, folks, even a small foldable, you know, Zebco, rod reel, anything along those lines would be great because you could catch your own food if you needed to pretty much any time of the year. So that's something else that I, yeah, I think that's a good idea. John and Cheyenne, go ahead, sir. So, John, I don't know, do you do a lot of camping anymore? Not anymore. I used to do a ton, still have a bunch of stuff, but I haven't for a while. The stuff that is out today, um, my, my sleeping bag will compress down to maybe the size of uh, a football if you just rounded the ends. Nice. Um, my tent, without the poles, the poles are in a separate bag. Sure. Yeah, those are pretty small. Yeah, I have one of those. Those are actually pretty small. You're correct. You know, so, you know, in the, today's day and age, and you don't have to go crazy. No, you don't have to it. spend a ton of money to do that. Like the old no. days, John, to get what you and I are talking about, you would spend $1,000 on those two items years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. So what I do, and we have, we have our sleeping bags hung up in our gear closet. We have a closet we keep our backpacking sure, gear. Sure. But everything else is cleaned and stowed for the winter because we don't winter camp. Right. I'm sorry, I'm not that. I ain't that tough anymore. I don't blame you. I'm not either. <laughs> Last time oh, I did yeah. that, I'm like, I'm not doing this again. Sorry, I'm done. Yeah, we've got all of our gear in two plastic containers. So if we had a bug out, great idea. We could grab two sleeping bags, those two plastic containers, and our two backpacks, which are sitting right next to them in the closet, and have them in the back of the truck in 40 seconds. That's a great go idea. Into the, go in, wait, go into the food pantry, and all of our camping food and cooking stuff is in another one of those plastic containers in uh, that closet. So great idea. Plastic containers, and we're gone for a week. The other thing is if somebody wants to pick one up, I'm going to throw Walmart a bone. 30 bucks, Sawyer Squeeze water filter. It's good for up to a million gallons. They wow. guarantee it. It has a couple of squeeze bags. Yep. And it's what I use all the time. They're 30 I, bucks. I have one. They work great. You are correct yep. on that, John. I have, I have two. I bought a second one, yep. and I, got, I I used the back. The back I have a squeeze, and I've got a pump. Both. Okay. And the second one... I seal, and I take that with me as a backup when we go back. Yep, and me too. Yeah, you and I are, but you and I are exactly the same. One of them I just don't use unless I have to. Yeah, and that. Yep. And the first time the one I'm using dies, even because it's thirty bucks, it goes in the trash. The new one gets broken out, and then as soon as we get back, I'll buy a new backup. Great idea. Because you know, some people are like in the back in the day, a water fil- a good water filter, a pump one was a hundred bucks. That's right. That's right. You could have for 30. So, oh, no, this whole, everything, by the way, everybody listening, to your point, John, 
Everything we're going to talk about over the next several weeks in building some of these, you know, bug out bags and so on, John, is a tenth. I'm not exaggerating. A tenth of what it used to be. I have in in the back seat, well, under the back seat of my car in a in a ziploc. I have a forty degree Coleman fleece sleeping bag with a little zipper on it that wow. I keep in case you break down on the side. It was twenty bucks at Walmart. Nice. I, not not to throw them the bone, but. For people who are looking to just build their stuff. Yeah, nothing wrong with that, John. No, no, no. I, you you nope. can throw them a bone anywhere we can find the stuff that, you know, you can put. Because, again, for a lot of folks, John, let's face it, some of these items may or may not ever get used. Right. So there's no reason to buy a real expensive. Exactly. Yes, thank you. The, Correct. One other bone, one other quick one. The In the REI stores, they all have what they call a garage sale section. Because they do yes. great return policies. Yes. And I picked up a $300 down sleeping bag that a guy returned because he didn't like it. And they laundered and everything for 87 bucks. That's a good deal. So if you're looking for something yeah. a little better, yeah, check out those places. Uh, any outdoor gear shop usually will have a great idea. Great idea. Hey, John, John thanks, man. Appreciate it. Talk to you a little bit later, maybe. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Again, folks, that's it for Ready Radio. If you need anything else you need, all of our great sponsors, Colorado Greenhouse Builders, Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, Novus Auto Glass. Again, they are all listed on our website. It's ready-radio.com or ready-radio.com. And, folks, again, thank you so much. Any tips, tricks, things you'd like us to talk about, please go to the website, share that information with me. We'll get it right on air. You can text us that as well, 307 200 8222. Otherwise, we'll be back next week. Up next, though, it is Rush to Reason. We'll be right back. Denver's Afternoon Rush. We'll be back. KLZ 560. and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.